Welcome everyone to Tamriel Adventures, a show bringing you information from all across the far reaches of Tamriel. I am your host, Eric, aka Sulior, and this one is the Kajiti Merchant. Merchant, how are you doing today? This one is doing well, thank you for asking, and how are you? I never ask you how you're doing. Uh, I'm doing alright. Just, uh, I've <laughs> been busy and, um, dealing with some technological issues, but we'll get into that in a minute. So, today we are going to be talking about RK, and this is another one that's not going to be very long. Uh, there's really not a whole lot about RK. There's a little bit, but um, like I said, with the Adra, these episodes are going to be a little bit shorter, but... Um, yeah, once we get into the Daedra, they'll be a little bit longer, but there has been a little bit of news, not a ton. Uh, first off, if you have been following the stories of Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop, Deathloop is officially announced for a May 2021 release, and it will be released on the PS5 and PC May 21st of 2021, so 5-21-21, so there you go. There's no word on Ghostwire Tokyo yet, but I'm sure that's going to be coming soon. Um, There's another article here about upgrading your Doom Eternal and ESO games to the next generation, so uh, they did announce that if you bought these on the current gen, they will be given to you for free on the next gen so there's a little bit of information about that so basically what you do is you insert the disc into the new series x or the ps5 i'm sorry just for the series x or s and it'll download the information so there you go um with the ps5 same deal yeah just if you have the disc you know just insert the disc into the console and it'll download the information so it's really cool that they're doing that so the upgrade will not be available day one but what they do say that when the availability for the upgrade will happen they'll let you guys they'll let everybody know i don't have an x-gen console because money you know and i've only had my xbox one for about six months so yeah um maybe it's something i can save up for there's a lot of things i'm wanting to save up for like also vr that would be awesome but for right now i'm happy with what i have so i a lot of people that i've talked to say they don't really feel the need to buy the next gen right now so It'll be interesting to see the numbers when that comes up. So, yeah, um, if you've got the, if you've got ESO or Doom Eternal, I think they're doing this with Fallout 76 also. So here's hoping, uh, fingers crossed. I, I believe that they have said that they're going to be doing that with Fallout 76. I can't imagine them not. Um, other news, Markarth is out now for ESO. I do not have it right now because I don't have the ESO Plus um, subscription. But it is something that I'm really looking forward to playing because I think I love the Reach. And I guess you do learn a lot about the Reachmen in this DLC. So 
I think it's cool. And uh, like I said last episode, congrats to Wes Johnson for finally voicing a character in ESO. I guess his character in ESO is the leader of the Reachmen. So congrats to Wes Johnson. So that is the news. Let's get into a bit of my gameplay. So I've played some Skyrim, not a whole lot, but a little bit. I've played some No Man's Sky for the first time. That game is pretty cool. Um, I can see why a lot of people in the ASA podcasting community play that game. As much as Ray and Pantagruelia play that game, maybe they can start a No Man's Sky roundtable. Who knows? But yeah, that's a lot of my gameplay. I've had a hell of a time with Twitch lately. So my headset decided to die and I was able to get a cheap $15 headset. It's fine for now, it's not the best. The only issue that I really have is that the microphone is on kind of a coil and it doesn't always point at my mouth when I'm playing. I mean, but that's a minor an inconvenience, you know. At least I have a mic, a headset that works so I can stream. Although Twitch was giving me some problems also recently. I tried to log in. I streamed some Batman Arkham Knight. That is something else that I played on stream. So I played some Batman Arkham Knight, and then I was going to take a break, eat, and then get into Fallout 76. Well, Twitch wasn't loading. So I took a break from that day from streaming after that, and went to stream the next day. Same deal. This was around the release of the Series X and Series S, so I thought maybe there was an issue with that you know maybe that was interfering with twitch so i uninstalled twitch on my xbox and then reinstalled it and it wouldn't let me log in i tried to log in and it just wasn't loading so i tweeted twitch about it no response from them thank you very much but i tried logging in the next day and it was fine so i have no clue what the issue was but it was really annoying, so Twitch, get your shit together, please. Um, like I said, it's fine now, so I don't know, maybe I'm just being cranky, but it was really frustrating. I sent some messages out to some people in the community, and they were not having any issues. So I guess Twitch just hated me that day? I don't know. I'm trying. To, I'm doing my best. Anyway, um... Like I said, it's fine now, so I am almost done with the Fallout 76 scoreboard. I think I'm on, like, level 93 on the board. My character, my main character, is level 108 now. My alternate character that I've been using for the Raiders, um, which I haven't even met the Raiders yet. When I have, it's just been wandering around and they've been taking pot shots at me, so fuck you guys for right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I love you, Raiders. I want to join you. Anyway, so, yeah. That character, I think, is level 10 or 11. So. Oh, I almost forgot. I have done the Scorched Earth event for the first time. Actually, I've done it three times now because it's really fun. That's where you take on the Scorched Beast Queen down in the Cranberry Bog. 
That is a lot of fun. I've kind of been avoiding it because I'm a little intimidated by it. You know, you're always like, oh, you know, I'm only level so-and-so, you know. There's no chance in hell I'm going to be able to be successful with this event. But I was. Um, with stuff like that, you're always in groups of at least four or five people, so... It's not just you taking them on. Oh, another thing is I always felt like my weapons weren't effective against Scorch Beasts because I could never really do any damage with them with my Gatling gun or whatever. But somebody said Gatling Plasma or Gatling Laser. I have both of those. And the nice thing is when you go to do these events, somebody always sets up a shelter tent so they have a scrap box and the junk scrapping box there that is exclusive to Fallout First members there. So you're not going to be worried about becoming over-encumbered by carrying around a bunch of stuff. So, And by completing this event, you get the plans for a decontamination arch, which clears you of all of your rads. And to be able to craft this thing you need to have a bunch of flux well you get flux from walking around the blast zones so you just after you take out the queen you just wander around taking a hell of a lot of rads and collect these flux and then you can go and craft your decontamination arch and also flux is used to craft certain pieces of power armor or to upgrade them so you need flux, so now I can actually go around and take my time gathering this shit so I can have that arch at my camp and never have to worry about carrying rat away again. So, yeah, I feel like I'm really starting to progress in this game, even though I've already completed the Wastelanders storyline, done a lot of events, but still, you know, I feel like I'm actually doing something in the game rather than just existing, so... Anyway, um, if you want more information about Fallout, go check out my show that I do with KDB called Tapes from the Waste. So anyway, um, also, we have a review. So let me bring up the review here. It is from Sullivan7SRACNN. So Sullivan says, actually, Merchant, do you want to read this one? Oh, really? Oh, this one would be honored. Okay, Sullivan says, Tamriel League Adventures is an entertaining and informative podcast. It has everything from gameplay to news to skits. Solior is very knowledgeable on the lore of Elder Scrolls and provides a wealth of knowledge delivered in a fun and entertaining way. I would highly recommend this podcast to any Elder Scrolls fan. Oh, that's so nice. This one is confused, though. What does he mean by skits? Uh, you know, just, you know, just roll with it. You know, kayfabe, keep kayfabe. Okay, now this one is more confused. Don't worry about it, buddy. Oh, whatever you say. This one is going to go take a nap. Okay, so... (laughs) That's actually not a bad idea. I kind of want one myself. But I am going to take a short break where you hear my anchor ad, and then I'm going to be back with some information on RK. So stay tuned. guys welcome back after that short break so today we are going to be talking about rk so rk there's a quote here from him and it says honor the earth its creatures and the spirits living and dead guard and tend the bodies of the mortal world and do not profane the spirits of the dead and this comes from the ten commandments of the nine divines 
So R.K. is the Lord of the Wheel of Life and is a member of the Divines and also a popular god in other cultures. R.K. is often more important in those cultures where his father, Akatosh, is either less related to time or where his time aspects are difficult to comprehend by the layman. He is the god of burials and is often associated with cyclical occasions such as seasons and life and death. So, you know, the circle of life, which yeah has to do with that quote earlier. His priests are often staunch opponents of necromancy in all forms of the undead and are empowered to bestow Arke's blessings which prevent the forceful misuse of the mortal soul. Sounds like Arke would get along quite well with Meridia, who hates the undead, but we'll talk more about Meridia when we get to the episode on her in the Daedra series. So, anybody properly buried by a priest observing the proper rituals is protected by R.K.'s law from being raised as undead. Therefore, necromancers view R.K. as their ultimate enemy, <laughs> okay, and make covert efforts to undermine his worship throughout Tamriel. Because of this association with and the protection of mortality, he is some call- sometimes called the mortal's god. There are two legends about Arke's origin. The book of Arke and the God of Birth and Death has it that Arke was once a regular shopkeeper with a passion for knowledge. He found a book written in a strange language and spent years upon years attempting to decipher it, slowly ignoring everything and everyone else around him. Eventually, Arke realized the book explained life and death itself, but by this time was kept at death's door with an incurable plague. That really sucks. However, he prayed to Mara, and as a last resort, R.K. asked for more time to interpret the book, and Mara gave him the choice to die now and become a god for eternity, charged with keeping the balance of life and death in the universe. And the alternative is contained in the monomyth, which suggests that R.K. was one of the very first spirits to crystallize after a short time. After the start of time, sorry. Sources have conflated R.K. with the Akudan goddess Marwa in the past, although it's unknown if this was speaking to a true connection or if this was simply a scholarly mistake. R.K. created the Sword of the Crusader for Pelinal Whitestrake to help him defeat Umarold and Feathered. The Order of R.K. has temples in Sentinel, Elysian Hills, Shalgora, Dragontail Mountains, and Orsinium. So this isn't something we've spent a ton of time talking about, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about it now because why not? Um, I Well, I have talked about it, but the Knights of the Nine DLC has to do all with the Divine. So I, as much as I get annoyed with that DLC because it's a pain to go around to all of the different shrines and pray to them when number one you don't even know where you are the or where they are you know where you are but you don't know where they are because the map that the priest gives you at the beginning of the DLC is pretty much worthless it kind of hints at something but it doesn't specifically say okay go here there's a shrine here but you do kind of figure out that the shrines to the divines are generally just outside of one of the major cities. 
So you can kind of go around and travel and then find them then. But if you're going to do this DLC, you want to do it after you do all of the evil storylines like the Dark Brotherhood and the Thieves Guild because it will basically get rid of all of your infamy. But once you have any more infamy after that, you are unable to use the armor and the weapons that it gives you. I forgot to mention that this DLC is in Oblivion. But yeah, you go around and you go pray at these shrines outside the major cities and it will take away your infamy because in Oblivion there is a fame and infamy like meter. And so it basically the story is that you need to be pure of heart to be able to wield the weapons and wear the armor of Pelina Whitestrake in order to defeat Umeril the Unfeathered. Now it should also be noted that there's a character in Skingrad named Elsie Godhater. She stays in the tavern slash inn where you also find Sindarian and she as her name suggests hates all the gods every damn one as she says she says that basically the divines don't do anything who knows if they're even real so i think that's also one of the things that they wanted to get at in oblivion is that the gods are real and you wouldn't be able to complete the knights of the nine quest without their help also, the main quest has to do with Akatosh. You see Akatosh in person at the end of the storyline. But yeah, the the armor and weapons of Helena Whitestrake, each piece is blessed by a specific divine. And all of this was created before Talos, aka Tiber Septim, ascended to godhood. And he actually blesses you also and you wouldn't be able to defeat Umeril without his help. That's the whole point. Like, Pelinal Whitestrake wasn't able to kill Umeril. Well, he was able to kill him, but he wasn't able to completely get rid of him because before that point, Talos wasn't a god yet. So this is why... This is another reason why I get so uptight about people wanting to support the Imperials in Skyrim because the stupid, not stupid, but the evil Thalmor chose their spot, they picked their spot, and struck at Talos, with Talos being the heart and soul of the Empire. It is interesting, though, that we're talking about RK. RK is the one who created the sword, you know, the whole cycle of life and death and everything. And he decides to craft a sword. So he did, which eventually brought about the end of Umeril. And the sword of Pelina Whitestrake was used during the Alessian Wars. So anyway, yeah, that it, it is interesting that he decided to pick a sword, but. I mean, we could talk more about the other pieces of the Divine Crusader in the other episodes. Um, I didn't really see what Talos, or not Talos, but Akatosh made for him in the um, Akatosh page. I can take a look at that real quick. 
I mean, we did talk about how Akatosh did create the Amulet of Kings, and you do see that in the pieces of armor. Like, he did make a piece of armor. Yeah, I'm not seeing any particular piece of the armor of the Divine Crusader that he made. So, we'll just kind of leave it at that. Anyway, that is about it as far as RK, and then we also got into stuff that RK actually created. Um, I should mention, you know, how I talked about how Akatosh is portrayed as a dragon. Well, RK is kind of, he's kind of depicted as a shepherd. I know that sounds kind of weird, but you see pictures of him on the UESP article, and he kind of looks like an old man holding what his shrine is, kind of like a sun with the rays going outward from it. I'm making hand motions like you can actually see me right now. And he's got a staff. So, yeah, uh, you see statues in Oblivion. There's a statue of R.K. in Shadenhall right in front of his um, chapel because each major city in Cyrodiil has a chapel devoted to one of the nine divines. Akatosh's was in Kavach, and it was still standing, and even though the rest of the city was in ruins. But there's another statue of R.K. in ESO. Uh, the article or the picture doesn't say exactly where it is, but he is holding his little shrine symbol, and he's got a staff, and he's wearing robes with a hood. So, but yeah, that's about it as far as RK goes. So if you would like to get a hold of me, you can um, find the show on Instagram at Tamrielic Adventures and Twitter at Tamrielic P. You can find me in ESO. I do play from time to time. You can find me on the PC North America server at EE Gold. And then you can find me on Xbox, which I'm a little bit more active on Xbox at... Sulior. And then you can also email me at tamrielicadventures at gmail.com. Um, you can also rate and review the show. Please do that. Um, like Sullivan did, you can find it on Apple Podcast, and you can please, if you give it a review with some text and all that good stuff, I will read it out on the show. Um, I know I do have a review from my friend and co-host from Tapes from the Waste, KDB. He sent a review in, I believe, this morning, but it takes a couple of days for it to come in. So, KDB, I will read your review on the next episode. I do have an account with Chartable, so I can see reviews that come in from outside the U.S., so anyway, um, also definitely check out Tapes from the Waste. Episode 1 is out right now. Episode 2, which is going to be on the timeline divergence from our own, which I did the lore segment on that one, that should be out soon, within the next week or two. So definitely keep an eye out for that if you like all things Fallout lore. Not just Fallout lore. Um, also, we do get people from the community involved as well. The first episode had a terminal reading from fire rider who um i'm gonna tell you this right now go ahead and follow her she's got a new show coming out called uh, pixel people and i should be 
working on an episode with her on that about Codlack White Mains. So definitely, definitely check out that show. You can find her on Twitter also, um, FireRider, F-Y-R-E-W-R-I-T-E-R. And the there should be a link to the Pixel People podcast on her Twitter. So definitely, definitely, definitely check that out. Uh, much love goes to FireRider. She's great. So you can find her on Twitch also. Speaking of Twitch, I am also on Twitch. In fact, I'm probably going to be streaming here in a little bit. So um, you can find that at twitch.tv slash Hopefully Twitch won't be a trash fire today. Um, love you, Twitch. Uh, thank you for everything you do. Anyway, that is it. Also, shout out to The Hive for sponsoring this podcast. Definitely check out The Hive. It's a gaming community, and there's people who play all sorts of games on there, and um, geek culture and all that good stuff. People post uh, pictures of their pets, tattoos. Um, there's game nights for, like, Wreckfest, Call of Duty, um, maybe not Call of Duty, but uh, Gears of War, Atlas, all that good stuff. So hopefully we can get one for Fallout 76 and ESO going. I've been working on that. So anyway... I'm going to quit rambling right now, so as always, stay safe, adventurers.